Now it's time for this. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. And I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair, Caroline Bockwell. She's the CEO of Bordish Gawara. Caroline, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks. Good afternoon, Bobby. Now, I want to talk fish and all things fish in a few minutes, but let's talk about you, uh, your upbringing. You were brought up by the sea in County Louth. That's it. Um, you'll now live by the sea in Greystones. Uh, has the sea always been central to your life and indeed your education? Um, well, not really. I mean, I was born uh, near Julique, County, uh, yeah. County Mead, so a bit inland, um, and moved to, to Castleknock as a, as a young person. But it was really when I got into my teens and started to try sailing that I really uh, connected with the sea. Did a lot of sailing out of Hoth for, for many, many years and just loved it. And I think it got a different perspective from of the country from the sea because of course when you're out in a boat any boat even when you're on a ferry you you sort of really appreciate I- Ireland being an island and you get a different sense of it so absolutely well, so I moved along and, and now in Delgany uh, not quite Greystones but in Delgany and uh, still enjoying the sea very okay. much Okay uh, you went to what's now known as the Technical University of Dublin uh, TUD you're a qualified accountant uh, your first job was the financial controller your first I suppose main job uh, was the financial controller with Capital Bars. Yeah. Probably a good, solid grounding into how to make and lose money quickly, uh, all the things that one needs. You need a f- pretty f- sharp financial eye in that business. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I think I was about 25 years of age uh, in there, so really young. And it was just really fast-paced, really fun working with the O'Dwyer brothers, um, really iconic businessmen and uh, there was only really one speed for that business but it was great and it gave me a huge grounding in the commercial realities yeah. uh, of business and the speed at which really good decisions can be made if you have the right people around you. Yeah, and also you know, spending of capital mm. uh, you know, the big sums involved in mm. refurbing and developing uh, those large bars and the speed at which business like that grew. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, when I joined, um, it had about 12 units, including the Gaiety Theatre at the time, um, and then just grew rapidly over the next four years and and ultimately had 17 units and many of the the sort of household names in Dublin in terms of the bars at Café on Seine and and hotels and so on. But you're right, there was a huge injection of capital. So a lot of decisions had to be made as to, you know, exactly how you'd invest, what would make the best return. Now, you then found your way into the Marine Institute and you became Director of Corporate Services there for a long period between 2002 and 2019. So again, this was your love of the sea, uh, the Marine Institute, uh, again, a wonderful institution. Tell us about your role there as uh, the Director of Corporate Services. So I was looking for something completely different after Capital Bars and uh, really just did an interview for the Marine Institute because uh, out of curiosity because of my love of the sea and uh, met across the table uh, a truly inspirational man, uh, Dr. Peter Heffernan, who who then became my boss. And I just said, I have got to work for this person. He was so visionary at the time in terms of what he wanted to achieve and the potential with, of the marine sector. So I went to work for him and really started to sort of work with him in realising that vision again with a great team. And 
what we did really was was work to uh, invest hugely in marine research, but it was more about trying to turn people away. We, as a nation, we turned our backs from the sea. You know, we we didn't really embrace it. A lot of our beautiful ports and harbours, you know, don't face the sea in terms of all of the facilities and the housing. So it was really about trying, to, as a nation, to really understand the enormous opportunity that the Marine offered. So so that was a fantastic journey. Uh, and some would say that we haven't really taken that mm. opportunity. Mm. When we look at us, our position in Europe as mm. an island nation, mm. uh, probably the biggest uh, sea territory uh, of any European state, that we we really have, I suppose, given we've, we've sold the family silver. What do you say to people who believe that? I, I think that the the trade-offs that we have made have ultimately been much, much more beneficial than the sacrifices that we have made. You know, by being members of the EU and by being such active members, we have, as a nation, benefited incredibly from that. And I think, you know, the, the, the marine sector and the seafood sector in particular has been a vibrant sector in Ireland for over 800 years. You know, we first started fishing heron, herring commercially you know, 800 years ago. So we have had huge adjustments and adaptations to make over that time. And, you know, we're at another inflection point with the sector now. And we're looking more now at how we can add value to the material that we've got to this absolutely incredible produce that we have here. Some of the best quality fish in the world, the most pristine waters, this huge global demand is is rising and will continue to rise for the next 20 or 30 years. So we're now at the point where we're saying, well, how can we take advantage of our position in Europe and this free access to these markets to really ensure that we're capitalising on these products? I spoke to some fishing people uh, on this very programme what, maybe six weeks ago and one of them said that, you know, for all the fish that's been exported to Europe, you know, the the uh, loads coming back include, you know, cheap products that nobody else would buy that we actually end up eating mm-hmm. in that we're, we're selling our best to Europe and yet we're in, importing product that undermines the value of what we produce. I think there's there's a, a huge sort of scope of demand in the market for all sorts of products. We are certainly producing some extremely good quality seafood and processing it and selling it here in Ireland. I was with two companies uh, last week, Good Fish and Kyohans down in Cork, who are doing incredible things at the moment. And those processors will take all of the Irish produce that they can possibly get. So so they are doing that. But in fact, our demand for seafood exceeds our supply. So we are importing uh, seafood, but we're importing also species that we can't grow here, that we have no um, quota for, as well as additional um, raw material so that we can actually uh, produce the amount of of fish that we need. Well, Well, I'm often staggered by, and again, I'm a lover of the sea and all things uh, maritime, but I'm often staggered by when I see, you know, uh, species like sea bass Mm. being celebrated in Ireland and when there's so many other fish Mm. that... uh, So what about the education piece? Mm. What about, you know, getting the kids in school and all that piece that that just would give us uh, the love of the sea that you and I clearly Mm. have, Mm. uh, the love of fish, and just to put it far 
higher on the, I suppose, on the pecking order in terms of the foods we eat. That's a really important point. And it's something that in BIM we're working hard to do. So we have two training colleges, one in Greencastle, one in Castanbear, where we're training the next generation of skippers who are coming through. But we're doing a lot of additional training as uh, as well as that. And part of our role is very much about really communicating the benefits of seafood. So one of the things that we know about seafood is that uh, it's amongst the healthiest protein that you can that you can have. It's extremely sustainable. It is one of the most sustainable proteins in the world. So we know now from young people who are traveling a lot and they're coming back and they're experiencing exactly those sort of products overseas and they're saying, where can I get this in Ireland? How can I seek this out? So there is definitely a generation of people who are looking for something different. They are looking to to try to eat food that's good for them, that's good for the planet. And seafood meets all of those criteria. And it is absolutely part of our role to be making sure that people understand that and we're connecting and promoting that to people. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I think I agree with you, but I'm often staggered by the fact that something like whelks mm. uh, that Irish people turn their back on that's right, are yeah. a, like a prized commodity that's right, yeah. uh, for export and we can't export enough of them. That's right. And we're working with Sofrimar. Uh, in Kilmarkey, they're exporting now cooked whelks to um, to Asia for the sushi market. Uh, well, raw for the sushi market and cooked for the hospitality sector. So, yeah, absolutely prize sector. So that's something that we'd be working as well with Board Bia on in terms of their their assistance with us. Um, I, and, and again, I'm, I, I, as I say, I, I'm trying to be positive around all this because I really believe the opportunity that's there for Irish seafood. But Brexit was another sort of hammer blow, was it not, that you're sort of dealing with now? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was absolutely devastating for the sector. I, I don't think there's been any positive um, consequences, really, of Brexit. But um, what the government has done and what Minister McConnell uh, negotiated through the Seafood Task Force that he set up was a very generous Brexit Adjustment Reserve. And what that has done as, is, in addition to making some painful but necessary adjustments such as the voluntary decommissioning scheme where some of the the vessels um, were voluntarily taken out of the sector to rebalance the quota that's available. But in addition to that, there are three funds that he has established which are designed to develop and grow the sector. And these are really once in a generation opportunities. Uh, One on the processing side in particular has been incredibly impactful. In a normal year, um, through uh, our own funding sponsored by the department and the minister, we would usually invest about €2 million a year in the processing sector. In the last 10 months, that is €30 So that's very significant for a sector of this size. So what we're seeing now is they're investing in new automation, uh, artificial intelligence, new plants, new factories, modern systems, modern ways of doing things. So that says that there's a real opportunity for anybody who's left in the sector or wants to come into the sector in terms of of uh, capital grants. There is, but I think it's a little bit more than that. What we're looking to do now is try to add more value to the produce that's there. So if you take a product like mackerel, we catch a huge amount of mackerel in Ireland. It's a wonderful product, but it's not something that we eat much of domestically. And we know that the Asians absolutely love mackerel and we export a lot of it to Asia. We also export it to Nigeria and Egypt and places like that. So there's a company, for example, in Killybegs called Donegal Fish. And what they're doing is they are now uh, processing that mackerel. They're adding value to it. They have got two semi-automated production lines and they're processing it as a prepared food for the 
uh, Japanese so market. So the value has been added here. Absolutely. So we're, we're doing that now. So what we're looking to do is add as much value to these fabulous products that we possibly can, also to sell them in Ireland, but to target some of those export markets. Uh, finally, Caroline, uh, we missed out on a section of your employment. Uh, you worked with Gold for a couple of years and you you, you said it was uh, a life-changing experience. You were the chief financial officer there. You know, having had a career uh, with the Marine Institute and indeed with Capital Bars before that, was Gold very different? Did it change your Did it change your perspective on things? It it did. It did, Bobby. It was. It's. It is a remarkable organisation. It was such a privilege to to work there. Um, it is really connects you to um, the not only what's happening outside of Ireland and, and the enormous amount of global poverty that exists, but I suppose, you know, coming back to my sort of background with the sea and marine, it really connects you with the level of food poverty that's there. But it also shows you the opportunity that we have in terms of trying to create responsible food systems that can really help people. So, you know, when I was with Goal, I, I visited some extraordinary places and it was a, a great privilege to do so. Um, and I still keep very much in touch with them. All right. Well, we wish you well in your quest as as CEO of Bordish Kawara because I really think that it's a fabulous opportunity for us as a nation and I hope that we maximise that. So, Caroline uh, Bockwell, CEO of Bordish Kawara, thanks for joining me today. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.